Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we're talking about what we watched. Lame. Lame. I'm Lame sorry. I did, intro. A, I did a generic intro. I couldn't Lame. come up with anything. <laughs> but hello. Lame. <laughs> I'm Robbie. And I'm Micah. And uh, this week we're talking about a bunch of movies that we watched Ooh, over we already, the past, already like, said that, Robbie, in past like three weeks. That can't be three weeks. Three weeks? Something like that. I don't know. It's, it's been a long time. That's crazy. Like that. I've watched so few <laughs> movies. I need to bring my movie average up again. But yeah, since we didn't do a What We Watched segment on our last episode covering Alien Resurrection, um, and we took like a week break between Knock at the Cabin and Alien Resurrection, we're doing a big long episode covering all of the stuff we watched between uh, the release of Knock at the Cabin episode, not the movie, <laughs> the and um, current day, which is uh, J- June 5th, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's coming out on June 6th. Or I mean. and that is true. For the We're recording the night before. I'm so sorry. We're losing all of our integrity as a podcast. Yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> But yeah, isn't what I signed uh, up. <laughs> we'll give our brief thoughts on the movies. Maybe discuss ones that we're we have something to say about. I don't know. Yeah, well, like okay. So if you've ever listened to the podcast, <laughs> we do a what we watch segment at the end of every episode where we go over the movie briefly, give ratings and thoughts, just really quick as a yeah, fun little yeah. thing. This is that, uh, but, but our longer. thoughts are less brief. Yes, that's that's about it. Yeah. So we could take like 30 minutes to talk about one movie. We've done that before in a What We Watched episode. Indeed we have. Um, it's but not yeah. the goal. <laughs> not the goal necessarily, but it could happen. But uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. So as previously stated, we're going from May 15th when we watched or rewatched Knock at the Cabin uh, onward. So the first thing I watched after that was on the 17th and I watched True Lies, which is uh, one of the James Cameron blind spots I was trying to get. True Lies, Robbie, that doesn't make any sense. True Lies, what a dumb title. It's an oxymoron. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, Micah, the movie is not moronic. Can you can you believe it? Uh no. James Cameron. He's got <laughs> more like Lames Cameron. I don't know. Every time every I'm I'm consistently blown away at how good James Cameron is at directing like crowd pleasing movies. I think this is a question we'll take from you. I didn't watch this movie, but you I didn't just, even watch the I movie. just I, I just get a bad vibe. You I get a bad is, vibe from is, true lies. I think this is a bad take. No, I get a bad vibe from your take, right? Oh, I see, I see. Is well, this, I haven't seen his Terminator this looks, movies. This looks like a solid like three and a half four movie. I mean, it has a 3.5 average on Letterboxd, so I do it that way you will. But yeah, True Lies, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's got some like great set pieces. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is like amazing. <laughs> I had never really seen him in anything except for like Jingle All the Way. So <laughs> this was this was really cool. I don't know. Also, Bill Paxton is really good in this. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in this. My God, it's got it's got a stacked cast. It's got amazing set pieces it's got great direction um it's actually really funny 
which I didn't expect. I mean, it's supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be like a spy comedy. But... And everybody's like, oh, a comedy is supposed to be funny. Well, the thing is, like, something like Titanic or Avatar has, like, jokes in there, but it's not an outright comedy like this one is, so... I think I think it's a nice. Here's, here's it a, was a nice change of pace for the camera though. movies that I. Any, anytime there's like a couple of good set pieces, where he's like, "Oh well, it's the best of the series," like with Indiana Jones. Okay, the even though pieces... Temple of Doom is the weakest of the movies out of the trilogy, <laughs> it's it still has the best set pieces, and Ruby's like, "It's the best one." The set pieces in Temple of Doom are enough to make me love it. No, <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. But yeah, True Lies, uh, great movie. Big recommendation from me. Um, I can't wait to see the rest of Cameron's movies. It was so, so good. I gave it a five out of five. Five out of five. You'll notice a trend here. <laughs> like, a, like a chump. Like a chump, some kind of chump. Yeah. Uh, and then on the 19th, uh, we sat down and we rewatched Satoshi Kon's uh, masterpiece, uh, Paprika. I feel like every Satoshi Kon movie, you could like pull it up and be like, Satoshi Kon's masterpiece. Uh, Satoshi Kon's, yeah, that's that's the Satoshi Kon difference. Right. All of his movies are masterpieces. But yeah, we watched Paprika for uh, my my second time. My Had second, you seen yeah, it again? No, no, it was my second time. Okay, cool. Um, pretty pretty cool movie. If yeah, you ask it worked, me, it worked a lot better for me on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. I really I really enjoyed it because it's it's still not my favorite. I think a lot of it from an aesthetics and story like line kind of level mm-hmm. is probably one of my lesser liked Satoshi Kon stories. Which is crazy to me because um, it's one of his most like visually striking movies besides like something like Perfect Blue, I Perfect guess. Perfect Blue and Paranoia <laughs> Agent and Millennium Actress, they're just better. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I really like the art direction in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I never get fully behind it as much as i'd like but it worked a heck of a lot better emotionally on this rewatch yeah um i actually like got into it which wasn't (laughs) didn't really happen as much with my first watch i was about to say um especially i don't know i feel like all satoshi Kon movies are going to be this way but a lot of anime has been this way where i can appreciate it a lot more when i'm not just trying to keep up with what's happening um because you know i can read subtitles pretty fast but like that takes up a fair amount of your like processing power when you're by, watching a movie. By halfway through any foreign language movie, I forget their subtitles. Well, no, I know, but like Paprika is not like a super straightforward movie, yeah. so I spend some of the time just trying to keep up with what's happening, like where people no, are. On a rewatch, you can yeah, fo- like you can track things. Exactly. So what better. I'm saying is, I was able to enjoy it a little bit more on an emotional level and all that, like on a rewatch, because I wasn't so focused on trying to follow what was happening all the time. Yeah. So but it was like, really cool. <laughs> I still really love this movie. Like, it's so cool. Paprika is a really fun character. Yes. And a lot of the emotional like beats that they go for with it are really interesting and unique. I think still, if I had to like pluck any problem for it, um, I would still say that I just don't feel like the villain works 100%. Um, but the problem is like, yeah. with that, like with that and the reason no, it doesn't really... That matter that much to my total enjoyment <laughs> is the villain isn't really like the true villain of exactly, the thing. it's supposed yeah. to be technology uh, like unchecked technology as a whole exactly not just some guy like uh, unrestricted um connectivity through electronics is the real villain of paprika yeah um, which satoshi khan is a genius and he's right about all things i was about to say the like the internet critique that you can pull from paprika is very poignant nowadays right like this was just at the beginning of like the internet was starting to go in full force by 2006 Mm -hmm. and i mean he he died a little bit after this yeah um i think he died in like 2007 or 2008 goodness man um 
and like he, he was so he was like man he was right on the money with this man yeah some of the stuff in this is genuinely very like existentially frightening exactly. it's got some really powerful imagery it's got some really dark imagery despite being a, like his probably his most visually poppy and like bright movie. It, yeah i was about to say it's a very colorful movie more so than even like um millennium actresses yeah which um, is it, it all it all blends together to be a really really unique experience that yeah. lets itself go a bit more crazy like satoshi Kon likes to yeah um and is really a good culmination of a lot of his work i was about to say for for my money this is like the satoshi khan project for me whoa, if i'm not whoa, whoa. picking paranoia agent. i was about to say what about paranoia i don't agent know i movie? feel i feel i really need to rewatch paranoia agent the greatest show ever <laughs> probably <laughs> probably um but yeah paprika is definitely my favorite of his movies it's um, not my favorite but it is awesome just because uh, yeah it works so well on just like every technical front and i love the themes it's touching on i love its form its direction everything it's it's a masterpiece i gave it a five out of five yeah, i think I it's it also a, a masterpiece it's, just not my favorite it's of amazing, his stacked man. amount of masterpieces right? yeah he just has like an endless <laughs> supply of them apparently um <laughs> And then on the 19th, what did we watch as well, Raymond? We watched uh, Game Night for the first time. Yeah. A little 2018 uh, comedy, which is hard to come by. It was a right. studio comedy. John and Jonathan. John and Jonathan. My my guys. My The boys from D&D. Wait a minute. Jonathan from D&D. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> but yeah, we watched Game Night for the first time. Um, there's a bunch of my friends... Who had been like telling me that I needed to watch it and they were right <laughs> because it's probably like the best modern comedy I've seen it's from like so the 2010s. Good. It's so funny. It's so funny. So many of the bits work. The characters and the <laughs> actors are all really hilarious. Right. Jesse Plemons is like the funniest Dude, thing in the world. Jesse Plemons giving some of his best like stuff I've seen from him. Honestly, it's, it's incredibly good from Jesse Plemons. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman are like dream movie leads like in my mind for a comedy so this is like amazing they they pair up so well and really just the way the comedy progresses yes. and the way the story itself progresses is really fun i don't think it's my favorite thing as a mystery story mm. it, it's kind of like it's purposefully misleading it's kind of like 21 jump street yeah. kind of a thing <laughs> where like it's there and like you know you have this kind of story going on but the story is kind of lame yeah it's not the focus of it and it is kind of lame even here where it's like oh it was all a setup and then or was it question mark. yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah but, you know it was still really fun it's and so fully fun. justifies all of the comedy that goes on throughout. Right. And really, this movie is just carried by its writing and performances. But that is not to Dude. exclude the fact that this has some of the craziest cinematography I've seen from like a recent movie like it's this. Got, it's got such lively and inventive cinematography. I don't know how. Like I, I, I love I love the choice of like the lens choice and framing yes. of some of the shots to make certain things look like game pieces or put in this perspective 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 of game boards and stuff. I was about to say they invoke a lot of um like board game iconography and like perspective on a lot of the shots which is really cool and really impressive to pull off yeah no it, oh man it looks so good there's some crazy fun one takes and yes. set pieces and yes <laughs> all around it's a really fantastic it, movie honestly it just makes me so happy to see like comedic filmmakers that are dedicated to actually like making a movie beyond it just being funny because like obviously you want it to be funny ravi i thought you said that comedies were too focused on other things and there weren't enough just comedy movies well no i'm saying like 
I'm saying the writing is too unfocused nowadays to actually make like a pure comedy, like mm -hmm. something something like Game Night. Mm -hmm. um, and yet Game Night was made in 2018. Yeah, Game Night was made. It's a miracle, honestly, I think. D&D <laughs> &D is another good example, actually, the new Dungeons & Dragons movie. Same directors, but they made more of a full-on comedy. It has a bit more action. It's... Um, yeah, but it's still, very, yeah, I think relatively it falls, focused. Falls apart there, right? It does. I think D and D is about it's as an focused comedy. as most of the yeah. comedy movies that but have come out recently. But it's actually funny, Mike. <laughs> that's a real. That's a real important piece in that puzzle is that it's actually funny. Comedy subjective, Revy. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I loved Game Night, though. I gave it a five. I gave it a four and a half. Great nice. movie. Yeah. Great movie. It's so good. <laughs> Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, Oh yeah, and for, for context here, Robbie doesn't give out four and a half. I don't so give I feel like out I gotta sprinkle halves. that every time. What is, what is your deal with this four and a half? Because stuff, especially this next movie is not a five star movie, I, and you keep giving out like do, five star, five star, five star, five star, five star. It's like a weak five star, but it's yeah, there. like some kind of four and a half. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then on <laughs> the next day, I think yeah, yeah the twentieth, twentieth, we headed headed can't speak today I've, we went out to the i theater. spoke way too much today i just taught for like six hours today yeah. so yeah but we went out to the theater and <laughs> we, we headed out we headed out and we drove to atlanta to watch paul schrader's new film yeah uh, master gardener master gardener very very cool film it is a very um, cool film, I would say. I'm a big, I'm a big Paul Schrader fan. Uh, he, I really, really. <laughs> Everyone love... make a surprised sound. <laughs> <laughs> I really love his writing style, and of the few movies I've seen that he's actually directed, I've been a pretty big fan of his like directorial style. Um, this is like just like the most Schrader-y movie ever, especially like old Schrader. You can really tell, like not that his talent is any less, but you can just tell it was written and directed by an old by man. An old man, yeah. <laughs> but it's a really fun, interesting, kind of unique story. I think I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's really kind of fun and like relaxing and nice to just sit with while also having kind of a really unique story and cool emotional core to it. And some great performances. Yeah. Joel Egerton in this is really good. I was good. about to say, Joel Egerton is amazing in this. Sigourney Weaver is doing something. I'm not sure if I totally <laughs> love it, but it, she's doing something. She's doing something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's really, it really is impressive how, like, well, how, how well it comes across thematically and, like, everything considering its content. Right. Um, and, like, subject matter. But it ends up, it, or at least in my mind, it ended up being um, like a very beautiful movie, which I didn't fully expect. Right. I know a lot of people like had experiences where people would like walk out of their yeah. theater with this one, um, which it's not like a super explicit movie no, or anything. No. It's just uh, very interesting if you get the ex yeah. plot explained to you. Well, yeah, no, it's it's kind of strange. I don't know. I, I really like what it's going for, though. Like, But Paul Schrader, like, that's kind of his yeah. thing, is writing usually kind of uplifting or poignant stories about usually grabbing from some kind of tragic, not great person's life. Yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. Which Master Gardener falls under that. I was about to say, which Master Gardener <laughs> kind of captures really well. Mm -hmm. I wish it was a little bit more focused, and I wish it was a little bit more, <laughs> like, dreamy. I wish it went for it a few more times. Mm. Like, the, there's a dream sequence oh in goodness. it that's just absolutely, like, It's one of it's the most, beautiful. like, 
show-stoppingly beautiful sequences I've seen in a movie this year. And really, despite it's amazing. despite the movie being kind of <laughs> ick in some ways, it turns out to be like a really beautiful, hopeful, like very redemptive story. I was about story. to say, hope is a very, like, and redemption is a very central theme to Master Gardener, and I think it, I, I love it all the more for that, you know? But yeah. Great movie. Great movie. I Big recommendation if you're up to it. Big recommendation if you like uh, Paul Schrader characters who journal in the dark. The little, the little notebook in the dark, yes. <laughs> it returns. I gave it a four and a half. I gave it a five. I, I honestly, I don't know. It, like I said, week five, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> then on the 20th, what did we watch, Remy? We watched a little film directed by Shane Black called The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. A Letterboxd classic. This was I a rewatch think. for me. I had uh, just it's my watched first it time. pretty recently. It's my first time watching it. Uh, big Ryan Gosling fan, so Huge this Ryan is Gosling a big moment fan. for me. <laughs> this is like his best role, Robbie. I wouldn't go that far, but, uh, but I would. He is very enjoyable in this. But it's his best role, Robbie. <laughs> Name another role where he's this expressive and allowed to have this much fun. Uh, I don't know, La La Land. Like Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. He's not as zany in La La Land, but he is really fun in that movie. You gotta at least give me that, Micah. But he's better in this movie, is what I'm saying. <sighs> but yes, we watched The Nice Guys. Um, I, I don't know. It left me feeling kind of sad because it didn't really work for me that well. Um, it obviously has a lot of craft and like a good spirit and fun direction, uh, fun aesthetic ideas, um, good performances I, it's it's a good movie by all account i a great movie even <laughs> um i just i don't know it works a lot better on paper for me than it did in practice it's kind of missing that juice that it needs you know not the juice really. i don't know what it is there's just something holding me back from like totally letting myself like surrender to it i don't know what it is <laughs> there's some like I don't know if it's like some editing thing or no, aesthetic it's just, thing it's just you being you i mean it's like <laughs> Mulholland drive all over again I don't you watch know. a really great movie and you're like, eh. I, I never found myself totally immersed in the movie, which is a shame because it, it seems like a really cozy movie. No, it's a. I think, I think it's a really fun, like just goofy, enjoyable movie to yeah. be in. It's doing a kind of comedy that you don't get very often anymore. Exactly. Where it's just trying to be a little stupid and have a lot of fun. Yeah. With really two great leads. Yeah, Ryan Gosling is doing everything. He's Russell Crowe is really fun. Russell Crowe is yeah. really fun, and they play off of each other really well. Yeah, all of the side characters are really fun. Side characters, the locations fun, are yeah. cool. The action sequences are fun. The yeah. cinematography, actually, is good. the action is like one of the standouts for me. I I really enjoyed those. The lighting's really unique, <laughs> and really, it's just funny. And and it's one of those movies that I feel like Robbie has been. It's it's like those people who quote The Princess Bride all the time, and then somebody who hadn't seen it watches it after hearing that all of their life, and they're like, I was never really able to that fully get into it. I was wow. never able to fully feel what it was doing. I think that's why, because I've always heard so many people like post images of quotes. I don't and know. Stuff. I just never found myself invested in any of the characters, like outside of just, oh, they're funny, you know? But they literally go out of their way to give them pretty good emotional like stories. Like the whole the whole thing is Ryan Gosling's character like having his realization about his life. Um, but like I just never really cared that much, and maybe that's on me. I don't know. I think that's on you. <laughs> I want to give it another shot sometime, but I just I I wanted to love it so much more than I did, and it made me sad. But it was a very, it was a great movie. It was a frequent occurrence with Ravi, uh, but I gave it a four and a half. I gave it a four out of five. <clears throat> Nice guys. Nice Solid. Guys. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I forgot about this. Um, the next, well, not the next day, two days later, I went out to an advanced AMC uh, screening for The Flash. The new, the new Flash movie, <laughs> with uh, a bunch of a bunch of cameos in it. Wow. that's like the defining trait of it, I guess. Rappy, you wanna get nuts? Let's <laughs> wanna get nuts. get nuts? It's the line from the other Batman movie. Micah, he says, "Yeah, I'm the Batman." Because <laughs> it's the line. Okay. The other to be Batman perfectly frank, movie. I I don't want to. I I know I'm not supposed to talk about it too much. I know the release is coming up pretty soon, but um, that that is like the most cringe part of the movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. They mentioned at my screening that this wasn't the final version, so it could change. There was no post credit scene. There was no credits. Um, but what I did watch, I enjoyed more than I thought I would. Um, it avoids a lot of the pitfalls that I assumed it would kind of fall under, like, in its comedy. It's not nearly as grating as I thought it would be. <laughs> um, and, like, I, I know I keep saying, like, these, like, backhanded compliments, <laughs> like, oh, it doesn't suck. Who would have thought? <laughs> Um, but I, I actually did enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, well, Ravi, they they were they were relying so hard on this movie. <laughs> Ezra Miller could have done right. anything, and they would have continued pushing this movie right. for some reason. Um, I mean, it is good. It looks like they put a lot of money into it. Uh, I really enjoyed the cinematography of it. That was actually a real standout for me. Um, the way the trailer it's sure doesn't make it look good, dude. I love I love the um, we try not to die shot. It's so funny. <laughs> It works so well in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it kind of works in almost like this comic, like modern day CGI comic book maximalist way. Not all the time, but in its final action stuff um, a little bit, which I admire. And it's nice gray backdrop. I was about to say, it. there are so many like laughably dumb elements in the movie, but I think it works pretty well in spite of those so i ended up giving it a four week four um but i i did enjoy it quite a bit i'll probably try and see it again um once it's released it was fun yeah. well on the 23rd <laughs> i went you went into my bedroom <laughs> wow <laughs> and slid a blu-ray into my ps5 <laughs> and watched the highly anticipated sequel to the shining who was highly anticipating i was doctor highly sleep. anticipating doctor sleep well that's true you were oh i was too but <laughs> <laughs> yeah doctor sleep that's doctor what it was sleep. that i watched mike flanagan's 2019 sequel to the shining uh, very, very cool film. Uh, I'm a really big Mike Flanagan fan. He's a Flanagan guy. A Flanagan, a Flanaman. Flanaman. Oh, no. <laughs> I think he does really unique and fun and really great stuff in the horror genre. So I was really excited and curious after just watching The Shining to watch this movie. And it's it's odd. It's very odd because, like, <laughs> how do you go about making a sequel to The Shining? And <laughs> right. It does that by, like, not being a sequel to The Shining for most of the movie and then kind of being a sequel to The Shining for <laughs> half of the movie. And then yet somehow people were like, it's still too derivative it's of The too Shining. It's derivative. I guess because they played a couple clips from The Shining throughout. <laughs> and the, the clip show, Micah. The end takes place in the overlook hotel so ah boo boo <laughs> overlook hotel is the most boring location ever <laughs> right but i thought it was really unique and i really loved the main leads rebecca ferguson is great in this ferguson. ewan mcgregor is great in this <laughs> it's it's a really really fun movie you got cliff curtis in it he's always fun <laughs> i just 
I don't know. I really enjoyed what this movie was doing. Cool. It was creepy when it needed to be. Yes. It was fun and goofy when it needed to be. Yes. It didn't rely too much on The Shining. In fact, it feels very much like its own movie, especially from a directorial like standpoint. I don't understand how people were like, oh, it's just somebody trying to copy The Shining. I mean, Mike Flanagan, for you know what he does, he has a pretty distinct voice as yeah, a director. Yeah, and this is very clearly, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe it's because I've seen a lot of Mike More Flanagan More so as a writer, stuff, I guess. But, but this is yeah. very clearly a Mike Flanagan movie, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed what it was going for. And I, I, yeah, I really like it. It looks cool, man. I got to watch The Shining first, it's, but then I will watch Dr. It's Sleep. not like the greatest thing in the world. And it definitely has some issues. I think um, really a couple of the character things just don't mm. work as well as they could. And I really want to see the director's cut because if I understand, it gives people more time in this. Nice. Because despite it being like two and a half hours, it, it still feels kind of rushed. It's at too ambitious it's a really for that runtime. big film. Yeah. Um, so I'm very interested to see the director's cut. Yeah. I give it a four out of five. Very cool. Uh, on the 23rd, I watched a little ditty called Murder Mystery. You might remember it from 2019 if you have a Netflix subscription. <laughs> um, it's a comedy starring Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, um, and it, it was fun. I wanted to watch it because I wanted to see the second one and because I love Adam Sandler as an actor. Uh, I haven't seen too much of his movies, um, you know, like outside of like Punch Drunk Love and I guess the Hotel Transylvania movies. <laughs> uh, but as, you know, as as adam sandler performances go you could do a lot worse than this i suppose i hear he's like really bad in some movies uh but this was this was pretty fun uh the writing is probably the most obnoxious part of it but even then it's it's too like kind of carefree to really like criticize it too harshly i don't know <laughs> it's just kind of dumb fun uh and it has luke evans doing his thing so it was fun i had a good time uh but there's not really enough craft beyond just it being pretty fun to really, you know, for me to care about it much more than that. So I probably won't think about it, uh, think about it again, but I did end up giving it a three out of five murder mystery. Uh, I guess I'll have to watch the sequel now. So it was a good time. I don't know. <laughs> then on the 23rd as well, we went and watched. We went to the living room. <laughs> We watched The Princess Bride with one of our friends who hadn't seen it before. Yeah. <clears throat> Shout out to um, Wesley. He was on the... Uh, Charlie Brown episode. Charlie, yeah, What? what's the name of the Charlie Brown movie we did? I don't remember. Wow. <laughs> it was one of the Charlie Brown movies, not one of the TV It's our specials. only Charlie Brown episode. I know, but I can't remember the name of it. Uh, oh, no, it was a boy named Charlie Brown. That mm -hmm. was the name of the movie. Wait, wait, did you know? Yes. Oh my goodness, like a, make me sound like a bumbling fool. <laughs> well, I don't know why you needed to specify the name. Well, so they could go listen to it. They could go. It's their only Charlie Brown episode. If they say Wesley is on the Charlie Brown, episode, the Charlie Brown episode, they know to go back to the Charlie Brown episode. Well, if we, what if we do another Charlie Brown episode? Then they know that it wouldn't be in the future from this point. <laughs> okay, but yes, uh, we watched it with Wesley. He had never seen it before. Um, and it's funny because one of the characters is named Wesley. Uh, it was so funny. That was that was funny. It was so funny when uh, that happened. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah, we part did of we did an entire very very long episode <laughs> on the Princess episode. Bride. Uh, so if you really want to hear our in depth thoughts, uh, go watch that because it really didn't change. My opinions have not changed <laughs> since that episode. It's it's just a it's an overwhelmingly like 
cool movie. It's such a fun, sweet, <laughs> yeah. silly movie. It's kind of hard not to just enjoy being in it. Yeah. And really, that's its biggest merit. Uh, I was excited that Wesley liked it. He said he would give it a four out of five. Very nice. Shout out to Wesley for Shout real. out to Wesley. I would give it a four and a half out of five. Um, I give it a five out of five. It It is a week five once again, but I, I think it's there. I think it has the charm. It has the um, craft. Solid movie. The charm and the craft. I, I gave it a five. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, what did we watch next? We watched a little a little movie. A little movie. In the theater. In the theater. Called Guardians of the, Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Volume 3. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So this was like the really the only MCU movie that's going to come out uh that i was really interested in going and catching i'm right. not even the biggest guardians of the galaxy fan how dare i never you. have first been. of all how dare you <laughs> uh, but i do really respect them as like movies because like they're like some of the only movies in the mcu it's, micah it's one of the most like inventive and fun sci-fi trilogies of our lifetime i not that there are too many sci-fi trilogies listen the best quality of this is that Star Lord isn't in it much? Womp womp, which is very good. Uh, it is adds probably to the enjoyability the for me personally a lot. <laughs> not not even don't take this as as I'm anti anti uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. I I don't I like Chris Pratt. He's a, fun, he's a fun guy. Anti Star Lord, but he's just like Star Lord just always really <laughs> annoys me in one and two. Like he just grates on my nerves. I mean he's he's an immature like little baby man in the first two movies so it makes sense in this that movie, he would be yeah. obnoxious to some people in this movie not only has he matured a lot more but he's also not really the main character which he kind yes. of is in the first two i was about to say he's the anchor point of one um and he's like kind of like the half anchor point of two i guess because gamora is more of a like co-lead in that movie yeah i mean it kind of goes that way kind of if i don't know if i should spoil the guardians 3 <laughs> uh, uh i don't know but it kind of goes how the trilogy is kind of leading to where mm -hmm. it starts with quill and then like in two it's kind of really rocket and gamora have yeah. most of the emotional moments well, of the thing i was about to say rocket's b plot in two is really like a memorable part of that movie and quill is still like half of the movie he's still like very very important <laughs> yeah but the other half very much is rocket and gamora yes absolutely um, and then the third one <laughs> it's very cool <laughs> it's, it's it's the best one it's the i'd rocket say movie it's the it's the rocket movie yeah, he is the best character it's the best character and he <laughs> is the best guardian of the galaxy i have no idea how bradley cooper does that with his voice <laughs> i don't know what he does Ravi, bradley cooper knows no limits <laughs> you know, bradley cooper could play anyone could he play, could be anyone he could be me right now he could be you right now and i would be like oh it's bradley, <laughs> it's cooper. bradley cooper he did it again he i wouldn't even be i wouldn't even be surprised that's how good bradley cooper is man what a what a fun movie though like volume three i think is like probably one of the most uh, probably the most moving movie of the trilogy like it's probably one of the most emotionally moving movies in the mcu and it manages to be really fun on top of that and right. really inventive and it's like, a really sweet direction to yeah. take the characters almost all of the characters finish arcs in a really satisfying way yes. It's, it's. I can't tell you how happy I was. Trying, it's <laughs> trying desperately to recover from what happened to the poor guardians in Endgame, Infinity War, and Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, <laughs> so it's got all those on their shoulders, which is really the thing that makes me the saddest: is that it doesn't operate as just like an isolated trilogy. Yeah, it's not yeah. just like its thing, but it's still it's just, it's so good. 
this movie it's a beautiful film it's really really good i love what it's doing emotionally it got me yeah it got me it's so good (laughs) it's very well shot too i will say especially compared to the modern mcu stuff that's been coming out it looks amazing there's still some editing moments and some certain things even some of the writing i'm not the biggest fan of a lot of the comedy in this it feels a bit more out of place than it does even in the first two because the first two are a lot more comedic than this movie is yeah um but I really love where it leaves the characters. And I, I would just watch this movie again. Yeah, just no, right, right away. Easy. Uh, but yeah, it's probably my favorite of the trilogy. I ended up Easily giving it, my favorite of the trilogy. I ended up giving it a five out of five. Gave it a four and a half. Very nice, very nice. Uh, also on the 27th, I finished watching uh, Lupin the Third, the woman called v- Fujiko Mine. Yeah, you talked um, about this one a little on the Knock at the Cabin episode. Very, 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 very good show. <laughs> um, it's really, really cool, especially by the end. In fact, uh, it's not really something you should watch only a couple episodes <laughs> of. It kind of does not work as a show if you don't watch you don't the watch entire the thing. thing. Yeah. But I really love what it's doing. Fujiko is obviously one of like just the best characters she's really really cool (laughs) and i love that this movie or this show rather just really loves fujiko and it really loves her as a character and gives her so much depth and independence and completely takes a lot of the things and even a lot of her origins and kind of turns them on their head and it's a really cool unique story that was very cool that it was like one of the first (laughs) lupin projects to pretty much be a majority women writing team and a lot of directors were pretty that, crazy on the show were women yeah and like that that doesn't really that's happen unprecedented that yeah uh, which is it's just cool and the animation style is gorgeous um <laughs> i found out that one of the directors uh is the person who directed uh samurai shampoo samurai shampoo yeah yeah you can see the stylistic similarities um <laughs> but man it's just just beautiful the craft on display and the character writing and each individual episode is just really really fun and it handles its very adult themes and subjects very very well in my opinion which is uh again very unexpected for like when it was made and like where it came from you know it's i don't know 2012 very tv mature yeah Lupin the third show very I, I would not expect that from that but i'm very excited as a as a lupin enjoyer myself i'm pretty pumped to check it out i give the show a five out of five wow who'd have thunk it micah that's pretty crazy who would have thunk it uh, on the 28th, we rewatched Punch Drunk Love. And I showed it to my girlfriend. Showed it to your girlfriend. Which was cool. Uh, she had never seen it before, and I was randomly on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> like, oh man, I kind of want to watch Punch Drunk watch, Love. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love. I was like, Haley, come over and watch Punch Drunk Love with us. <laughs> so she did. Micah, um, it's like one of the best movies ever made (laughs) it's really really fun it's still not my favorite thing in the world we also i'm pretty sure did an episode on this we did actually i think that was this season (laughs) yeah and a lot of my thoughts again pretty much the same it's a very very cool movie barry is a very very cool character it's doing so much and it's really fun that you can just kind of dig into it every Mm -hmm. time you watch the movie but it's still not like yeah it's it's not my go-to paul thomas anderson or anything my go-to paul thomas anderson (laughs) uh yeah no it has a, it has so many just like moments of like subtle like magic 
like the, the, it's it's a beautiful movie. <laughs> I, I can't I can't recommend it enough. It's easily my favorite of, of I would PTA's I would say if you're okay with what's in it, watch it just for Adam Sandler's performance. Oh man, he's so good here. My goodness, especially if you're neurodivergent, because what? it's a very cool movie for that. That's crazy, Micah. <laughs> but yeah, I gave Punch Drunk Love a five out of five. It's I like also my favorite. Gave it a five out of five. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, after that, we watched Alien Resurrection two times. Whoa. Can you believe it? Crazy. Almost like we were doing it for some kind it's of like, podcast. It's like we had to watch it two times so we could talk about it not, on the podcast. Not only that, though, I find it really funny because we watched <laughs> it the night of the of the 28th really late mm-hmm. and then the morning of the 29th really <laughs> early before we recorded. It's almost like we watched them like almost back to back. That's funny. I am um, so much alien resurrection. I was about to say, I, lo- I have it logged as the 29th and the 30th for my resurrection. Oh, then it was watches. the 29th and the 30th. Yeah, man, we watched it. How did that work then? Cause we watched <laughs> them on two different days. Yeah. I guess I just logged it so late. You probably logged, was... Yeah. But if you watch the one on the 30th, that makes no sense. Your dates have to be wrong, Revy. <laughs> no, I, I think maybe we finished the special edition cut like late on the 29th or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like, but Revy, we, didn't we watch the special edition straight before we recorded? Oh, but we recorded at night. Mm-hmm. So it had to be the night of the 29th. So how did you log it on the 30th? <laughs> no, I logged it. I, I logged it on the 30th, but like, I don't, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Listen, I can have incorrect dates on my letterbox diary, Micah. Anyway, go listen to that episode if you want to hear our thoughts on both cuts of the movie. Yeah. Alien Resurrection. Alien there it Resurrection. Is. Then on the 30th, we tuned in to... To a movie, Panos Costamos's Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, Beyond the Oh, Beyond the Black. Not, you Rainbow. thought I was going to say Mandy. Oh, everyone, everyone thinks of Mandy, but it's Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Weird movie. <laughs> Weird movie. Yeah, uh, I would say so. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I I was pleasantly surprised, but yet kind of it fit my expectations of, of what i was yeah. expecting which was not great things to be fair my expectations oh. were kind of low for micah this. micah curbed his enthusiasm I curbed about my enthusiasm on the black rainbow and that's probably a good thing because <laughs> if i went in expecting like the greatest movie ever made i probably would have been really bored i would did not expect the greatest movie ever made but i got the greatest movie. <laughs> no uh i hoped for the it's, greatest it's movie a really messy made. terribly structured yeah. kind of weekly written movie but but it's everything else really, is yeah, awesome almost almost everything else about it is really good so what can you do it was enough that it kind of took a lot out of me for watching it especially the structure i really hate (laughs) the way the story is structured yeah it's kind of it's kind of poorly structured for like its emotional through line to work and the end sequences are really really weak which is really yeah. sad. It's a shame. It's a shame because it almost is like the coolest thing ever. Right. Because um, it, it, like, it's like visually one of the coolest movies I've seen, yeah. for, especially for its budget, you know. And when it's when it's doing what it does best, <laughs> it's so amazing. It's like so awesome, the little yeah. goop baptism <laughs> the goop, scene. The goop dream. Um, that's that is like easily just the best part of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good. good. My goodness. That was when I was like, this movie is working 100% at what it's trying to do. But then there are moments like the two southern 80s boys where I was, <laughs> where like, it turns this movie, into a I was like, this movie is kind of falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really awesome. But like, obviously, it could be a lot better. 
Um, I don't know. I ended up giving it a four out of five. I gave it a three and a half out of five. So I still really liked it. Yeah. It's just definitely messy. It is for sure. Makes me more sad than anything else. Cause it, oh. cause it really could have just been fantastic. Yeah. But instead it's just like, it's good. Yeah. Uh, next day I sat down and watched the beyond, which is my first, uh, Lucio Felucci. I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I'm so sorry. Felucci. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lucio. I don't. I don't know. I don't know Italian. Lucio <laughs> Felucci is what I, I would go with, but I, I don't speak Italian. Felucci or Felucci? Yeah, know. one of the two. Um, but very uh, towering figure in like the slasher Italian scene. Um, I can't remember the term for it. There's a the term for it. Slasher Italian scene. No, there's there's a whole term for that movement, but I can't remember what it's <laughs> called. Um, but it's called The Beyond. The movie that I watched um, is my first movie from this director. It's very cool. It's very goopy, which is a, a fun thing to be, goops I think. And very, very and gooey, very goopy. Um, it has bugs and zombies and uh, like possession and blind people with dogs, which seems to be a, a common thing amongst the, <laughs> amongst these like Italian slashers. <laughs> it's always someone who's blind for some reason, which I mean, the blind blind character in this very cool. One of the coolest parts of the movie. But um, yeah, it was cool. It's got some fun atmosphere. It's got a cool mystery um, and it's scary when it needs to be, you know. Uh, it's got some fun crash zooms. Uh, it does some fun stuff with mirrors. I don't know. It's a cool movie. It's a good cool time. Movie. I had a good time. Uh, plus, like, there are like five separate times eyeballs are like either chewed or pushed out of the heads of people wow. <laughs> in this movie. So that was a, that was a plus for me. <laughs> I gave it a four out of five. I thought it was solid. Then also on the thirtieth, uh, I sat down and watched the Tree of Life. Tree of Life. Terrence Malick, my Terrence second Malick movie. Um, then lo and baby's behold, first Malik. the baby's second, baby's Malik. second Malik. What? There's a baby on the poster. <laughs> Some kind of the tree of life. <laughs> and lo and behold, it's really, really fantastic. Wow. As I knew it probably would Terrence be. Malik is a talented. I kind, of, I kind of agree with Houston's <laughs> review on this, that it really kind of surprises me for the movie's reputation, <laughs> how very linear it, like the movie is like, it's very clearly like. It's just not that, like, crazy. There right. are a couple of sequences when it goes a little non-linear. I was about to say, you have, like, the creation sequence and everything, and, like, there's a few sequences, like, sprinkled in, I think. But outside of that, it's a pretty Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward movie. movie yeah. Um, but still, it was really, really fantastic, and I think such, such a good religious movie beyond yes. anything else. It's Easily, like, the best Christian the movie. One. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're uh, counting like First Reformed, because then I would, I would have, count First Reformed. Some competition. Well, not there is lots of competition, mm. mainly from Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader. <laughs> but you like I'm Tree so, of Life more? I'm well. Oh. I'm just saying, like this oh. is probably like the straight up just oh, like oh, okay. best Christian movie okay. out there. That's fair. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Man, I anytime someone says heaven, I immediately think of the heaven from Tree of Life. I'm like, well, this is beautiful, dude, man. It's just such. It, it does such a good <laughs> job of capturing. It's gonna sound a little pretentious, <laughs> like you know the, the kind of the spirit of God in the movie, which mm -hmm. is really really cool. That's a very hard um, thing to do. It's it's a crazy. Many impressive have film. tried. I couldn't imagine trying to make this movie. Oh my goodness, dude. it's the masterpiece. Tree I gave it a five crazy, out of five. Dude. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> uh, uh, then on the first, on the first, on the first, I sat down and watched my new Criterion that I bought what? for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. 
Wow. In which you they now own a portrait of a lady. There's a, there's a lady on fire in the movie. What? She catches on Someone fire. Put out the fire. She's, she's going to burn. She just stands there. She's gonna, and oh she's goodness. like, oh, I'm on fire and I'm a lady. <laughs> and that's the movie. That's the movie. That sounds awesome, actually. I need to go watch that. Uh, no, this was a great movie. I was really looking forward to this. Um, I'd heard really great things and it totally lived up to my expectations. It's a really sweet very poetic movie nice the performances are so so good i don't even know how to pronounce her name she's french <laughs> how do you say her name ruby uh oh gosh i i'm not sure you're the one taking french merlant is her last name but i don't know how to pronounce that accented e <laughs> <laughs> no. anyway she's in tar um, it could be naomi for all i know but i'm not sure that would be my guess. Anyway, she's so, so, so good in this. The two lead... I mean, this movie is pretty much just three people for the whole movie. Nice. Um, All the best movies are, Mike. Also, the, the one character is named Marianne, spelled the same way as her sister, Hold which I don't think I've literally ever seen another person with their name Apparently spelled the same Apparently it's the French spelling. It's <laughs> my sister. It's funny. Um, but man... I think that a lot of the craft of this movie is just insane. The paintings are obviously gorgeous, but really just the way the film kind of uses its cinematography and color to <laughs> paint a really unique uh, atmosphere. It's so subtle. That's crazy. It's not it's not a poppy movie. It's not even as flashy as something like Moonlight, which I compared this movie to mm -hmm. for a lot of its very poetic feeling romance. Yeah. Um but like it's so subtle in what it's doing in almost every level that makes it just work so well, especially the framing. I love the framing in this. And <laughs> I love the, a movie with some good framing. <laughs> one of the people I follow, I felt really, I, I mean, I don't often agree with him, but I felt really like, oh, really? You, that's what you grabbed from the movie? But he was like, oh, I hated the framing. It made them feel so distant when they should be sharing the frame <laughs> no! together. And I was like, dude, that's what's so cool about like the first half of the movie is they're hardly ever in frame together. In fact, you can barely see the one lady. That's the whole point. That's what's happening in the movie. She's trying to paint her without her knowing. So she's trying to like catch glimpses of her and she's really closed off i thought you were talking about like the narrative framing you're talking about the actual like composition yes, of the, the composition of uh, the shots i think it's really really unique <laughs> and when they finally cool. do get in frame together i think it's a really powerful moment i think it's uh, i think it's really beautiful it's pulling a blade runner 2049 on us Isol isolating everyone <laughs> isolating everyone nice it's so good it's really it really is a masterpiece i give it a five out of five. i honestly that's one of the, like the movies that i've that i've heard about recently like a recent release that i'm most excited for it looks amazing recent release it came out almost five years ago five years ago what on earth <laughs> oh my gosh i need to watch it i i've been putting it off for this long to finally break down and see it my goodness um well while micah was watching portrait of a lady on fire uh <laughs> the day before i watched um that darn cat on june 2nd so true <laughs> that darn cat the remake of that darn cat as as it as it goes um it's the 97 one with christina ricci in it um and dougie doug <laughs> it's how, good how does a 90s movie pull off the joke of the that darn cat that was only funny because the first movie was like a 30s movie or something you know what's really funny micah because um the main character christina ricci is like supposed to be like this goth girl like kind of thing like emo goth yeah, kind of yeah. but like not not like not like to a cartoonish degree like you see in a lot of 90s movies yeah but like this one feels pretty realistic and actually a lot of the reviews were praising that uh praising the movie for that 
Um, but like the whole thing is like she's chewing out her mom for not using profanity for a lot of the movie. <laughs> and it's, funny. it's actually pretty funny. I'm like, that's a good direction to take it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that darn cat, the cast is fun. Um, the bits work pretty well. Uh, a lot of the setup and payoff is kind of sloppy and the second act is really messy. But I, I really enjoyed it for what it is. Um, it basically escalates into just a screwball comedy by the end, which I, I always love. I was uh, like, I always uh, particularly appreciate the <laughs> screwball comedy. The screwball comedy, of course. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a cozy movie. It's definitely better than the original in my eyes. Um, not that the original was like some towering <laughs> masterpiece of filmmaking. Oh, but... Everybody looks to the original of that darn cat for <laughs> cinematic animal movies. I see. Um, but yeah, that darn cat, it was a good time. Certified good time. Uh, I give it a four out of five fun movie nice nice also same um, quality as the nice guys apparently apparently <laughs> if you're comparing my ratings <laughs> on the second which was uh Haley's birthday happy birthday Haley. happy birthday Haley. Uh, i went i went over to her house and i rented well no actually i you bought bought it uh, evil dead rise because <laughs> we wanted to watch it together so we we watched evil dead rise uh I, this like is evil the, the second time i've seen it first time i saw it in the theaters <laughs> and while it's not like quite the same as watching it in theaters i was actually really pleasantly surprised that i almost had more fun with it and that could arguably just be because i was watching it with my girlfriend I feel like i feel like but it's a really good like at home movie. i was about to say i feel like it would benefit from like just turning it on late at night like at home yeah like that's like, such a good fun. atmosphere yeah. for the movie and it was a really really fun on a rewatch it's still not like my favorite evil dead thing it's got some it's a high bar kind of weak things <laughs> in my opinion mainly just the script but literally outside of the script being just kind of it's not even bad it's just kind of eh. mm. outside of that this movie is just so so good i love fun. i love yeah. the characters even like the kids and everything <laughs> which and, is hard to do right and like the mom is like so good that's like one of my favorite evil dead like villains though yeah. she's so so good the performance she's is crazy great, man. her that, performance is crazy dude the eye hole shot is still like just the best <laughs> and really especially on a rewatch this movie is just fun you get it's to just kind time, of turn yeah. off your brain and have fun to like extreme extreme graphic gore <laughs> yeah. and goofiness it's great it's it's an evil dead movie it's an Evil Dead movie. You know, what more can you ask for? What more really? can you ask for? <laughs> and Haley was really happy that the cat lived. She was so worried that the cat was going to die. And I was like, no, it's actually funny because the director Confirmed. the director commented on the fact that he really wanted the cat, like, it, to include a cat and to have it live because he's a big cat fan and horror movies always kill the cat. Uh, hor horror movies always kill the cat. It's, like, it's practically a staple of the genre at this point. It's true. And it has real roots in the genre. Wow. But um, I need to stop talking Evil about Dead horror Rise. roots horror I, i've roots. done too much research i'm like oh well the roots of the horror movies <laughs> this derives from <laughs> wow but uh <laughs> but yeah evil dead rise evil dead rise very very fun i'm glad i own it i gave it a four out of five very cool um and then the next day the very next we, day we um, used um, our um, amc um, a list i'm an a-lister now i finally convinced i'm him. finally an amc a-lister wore him down and we went out and we saw spider-man across the spider-verse um and it's really really good <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm still like kind of up in the air on whether or not we're going to do it uh, as an episode like this upcoming week. So uh, it's just going to be really difficult for me to get up to the theater to watch it. Again. Yeah, I was about to say Mike is going to be pretty busy. Um, but now that we have a list, hopefully we'll be seeing more stuff in theaters and Definitely. maybe covering I mean, some more recent movies. That's what I've been doing. Right? Yeah. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> I've been in my in my lane, Micah focused, you know. <laughs> But anyway, Across, across the, the Spider-Verse. Spider I was super duper duper excited for this. Uh, Spider-Verse is one of my favorite Spider-Man movies out there. Yeah, man. And I'd seen it it's like so seven good. times. We got to see it like a week <laughs> early. I, like I was obviously on the hype train for Across the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. And I'd heard really, really good things from people who had gone and seen it. So I was really excited to go watch it. And then I watched it. And honestly, it worked way better for me than the first one. Mm. I connected with it emotionally so much more. I think it's kind of brilliantly written. I love the combination of Miles and Gwen fully being both leads. Like, Gwen yeah, is given just as much yeah. character weight as he is. And that's really, really good. So good. The way they wrote their arcs <laughs> together. The other side characters are a lot better in this than the first one. The animation is... I mean, it's the animation. You can't, you can't even talk about it. You could do, like, an entire... <laughs> podcast not even an episode of a podcast but an entire podcast just talking about the animation and the craft put into this movie well i mean the first spider-verse launched like a whole new trend in visual style of animated movies um not that it was the first to ever do it but it definitely popularized yeah, it yeah and this just took it to a whole nother level yeah, this, especially this kind of cranks able, it up honestly being able to spend more time in other dimensions not just miles allows their differences in animation to really shine mm -hmm. like i mean spider gwen when you see her throughout the movie, you don't really tell that she's really in that much of a different looking like universe than Miles. Mm -hmm. But when you actually get a lot of time with yeah, her in this movie, there, yeah. you get to see she's got like this cool watercolor world. Right. It's so cool. And they do that over and over again while also changing like the way the movie is shot and the cinematic mm -hmm. language overall for each different location. I was about at. to say on an animation level, it's one of the most like stunning movies I've ever seen because it's able to incorporate so many different um, art styles and aesthetics and like you said different types of visual language and everything like that in a really seamless and exciting way that I've never really seen before. On top, crazy. <laughs> on top of that it balances its <clears throat> villains really well i'm not yes. gonna say full-on that miguel is like a villain villain but obviously he's not a good guy spoiling um, spoilerizing mike <laughs> it's, it's miguel it's miguel anyway i don't i didn't know who he was before but, i saw either of the spider-verse movies but <laughs> oscar isaac's performance as him is incredible i was it's actually good, kind yeah. of nervous about it because i hadn't really heard him do much voice <laughs> acting and the right? trailer clips weren't that convincing but in the movie he really works dude you get you get Jason Schwartzman in this movie. I was about movie. to say Jason Schwartzman is Daniel really, Kaluuya really fun. in this movie. Daniel Kaluuya is so good. You I'd... get Jake Johnson again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a stacked cast, man. It's so good. And like you said, I really do enjoy the um, like side character lineup in this one a lot more just because they have a bit more time to define them as characters and yeah, you know, they feel a lot. They don't feel like jokes. Really, my biggest problem with the first Spider-Verse, which is not really that big of a problem. I gave it like a five out of five it's almost like, every time it's I like watched it. It's like a perfect it. movie, almost. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my biggest problem is 
comparatively is that it has to do so much as a first movie mm-hmm. it has to do so much setup it has to do so much for the spider-man story and in it terms does of it all really like well miles where he needs to be yeah. and it does it really really well and very never, efficiently too. i never emotionally connected that well with it mm. and a lot of the side characters are just kind of there because of that really gwen and uh, peter b parker are really the only side side characters yeah. which this movie fleshes out a lot more of its like big cast yeah a lot better and it's really really cool i the characterization and everything going on it's, just, it's so good there's so many good side characters i can't even mention right. all of them <laughs> i was about to say um i i do agree though that this one kind of emotionally grabbed me a bit more than the first one which kind of caught me off guard i don't know um I, I didn't know Gwen was going to be like a co-lead of this movie, but her arc works so, so well in this for me. And um, I actually do enjoy Miles' characterization in this one um, almost more than the first one. Yeah, it really, it really kind of bothers me that people like get onto this movie for not being finished because I think this is like... <laughs> A finished story because I think this yeah, is one of the best instances. It's a hard, it's a hard cutoff of a part one, you know. Well, I think this is one of the best instances of a part one. Yes. And somebody, somebody put it in a way that I was like, finally, like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. The fact that they open up with Gwen mm-hmm. and they give Gwen so much and they close with Gwen essentially. I was they throw say, in they the little give, extra thing with Miles. They give you but the res- Gwen, the resolution of her. Like, yeah, I was about to say Gwen's emotional arc is the story yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And then Miles story arc is open it parallels it in a pretty yeah, obvious it parallels way, yeah. it but is left open at the end mm-hmm. and i think like i guess people didn't really i don't know <laughs> it either just didn't click with them as well or they didn't think of gwen as a like a real co-lead of the movie despite yeah. taking up easily almost as much time as miles yeah pretty much and given um, almost more emotional weight because again the emotional core and arc and structure of the story revolves around her so it, it's great. Stuff, I think man. it's really fantastic for a part one movie, especially. I was about to say, uh, taking like something like Dune, um, another modern like part one example, it feels so much more uh, across Spider Verse. Feels so much more complete and satisfying as a one movie experience. And than I Dune love part I was one. And say, I, love I agree. Dune. I agree with that. Yeah. And I love Dune. And I, I think Dune, Dune is like a perfect movie. It's almost a great movie. But it is easily a weaker part one movie <laughs> yes. than a, across the Spider Verse, which I think is part of the reason they even dropped the part one title. <laughs> I think it was for the best. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they wanted to get people to not think of this as oh this is a part one. They wanted to try and get people to think of it as this is a complete movie. It's a movie. Yeah. It and is. And especially yeah. with the themes about the weird kind of racist interpretations and opinions around miles morales oh, kind of yeah. being the center, on the internet and stuff kind of yeah. being a center theme of the movie which i actually just saw it a is, clip yeah. of the directors and writers specifically talking about the fact that that was definitely what they were going for the fact that so many people are like oh miles morales isn't spider-man Not he's Spider-Man. just miles morales he's we could a different character couldn't have a black person being spider-man that would be redonkulous that'd be crazy um so like they make the canon be this big kind of threatening thing if if this trilogy of movies goes where i think it's going i'm gonna be so happy because that's gonna be like the coolest thing ever (laughs) and it makes miles even more of a satisfying character to watch to see him like defy all of this Mm -hmm. it's just you're like it's so good like oh my goodness dude it's it's a masterpiece. To, to anyone listening to this, if you can't get behind Miles as a character, I don't know what I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Might be racist question. Might mark. be racist question mark. I don't know. But like, he's one of the most memorable and emotionally involving 
like leads of an animated movie in recent times. Yeah, like he's, he's so good. He's so good, and <laughs> and he's honestly one of my favorite Spider Man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is easily my favorite Spider Man movie, just hands down. Across I can't, the I can't think of another Spider Man movie that I like even close to <sighs> as much as this. I. Okay, Spider-Man 2002, the Raimi one, is like one of my favorite movies ever. It would be a really close toss-up between <laughs> uh, Spider-Man 02 and Across the Spider-Verse because they're both really, really good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, go it's, watch it's amazing. this movie. Please go watch it, yeah. It's doing really well, which is awesome. I mean, I knew it was going to. It's, I mean, it's Spider-Verse it's Spider it's sequel. Too. I was going to yeah. say, it's the sequel to Spider-Verse. Like... Of course it's going to do it's well. An, Spider-Verse is like one of the big landmark animated films of our lifetime. Current, currently, it's like the top-rated superhero movie on IMDb. It's the top-rated movie like on Letterboxd. movie on Letterboxd, yeah, <laughs> um, which is crazy. Which I'm sure neither of those stats it's will not last. Stay there, no, but, but still, like it shows the power and energy this movie has behind it, mm -hmm. which it, it totally deserves and is so... I can't wait for part two. It's honestly, Across the Spider-Verse is one of the most like mind-bogglingly, amazingly well-collaborated movies I've ever seen because it, it spans so, like, so many artists and also feels totally cohesive. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, there's really only one thing that feels kind of sloppy about it, and that's some of like the cameos. And even then, yeah. I don't know. Coming from the like coming from this movie, it feels a lot more tongue in cheek than yeah. a lot of than a lot of other MCU kind of related things would. I was about to say I don't want to, uh, and I mentioned this in my review actually. Um, I don't want to attribute all of the movies like fun spirit and like uh craft to lord and miller but those they are really, really good producers those really good. well they're also right like they wrote yeah no i get that they're i they are like creative heads of the movie and they directed a lot of the artists like not in the direction sense but like they helped a lot of the artists and stuff like that but those moments but you really could feel, feel like yeah like, like specifically the way the cameos you can are handled they feel very much like phil lord and chris miller moments yeah which is a good thing yeah so it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's such a good movie. And that, I gave it a five. It's my out favorite of, five. of the year so my far. My favorite of it the beat year out. So far. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Top which five, made me sad. Top five of the decade. Ooh, wow, I, I haven't made a decade list, so I couldn't comment. But <laughs> it is. It's up there. It's yeah, really amazing. I gave it a five out of five. I also gave it a five out of five. I am hoping to go watch it again soon. Yeah. So. But that is that is it. That is what we watched. What we watched. You now heard it all. You've heard it all. Just when you thought you'd heard it all, <laughs> then you heard what we watched. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. I've talked way, way, <laughs> way too much today. I've talked like ninety percent of the time I've been awake today. Goodness, man. And I had to like do a big, loud, booming voice for a classroom of twenty-four children. <laughs> So it sounds like a bad time, Micah, personally. <laughs> I would not want to do that. <laughs> uh, my voice hurts is the moral of the story. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we'll catch you next week with another movie. Who knows what it'll be? Yeah. It's a mystery. We'll figure out all the clues we left in this video. <laughs> all of the, of the subtle Easter eggs. If you, if you listen through five times, maybe you'll find something. <laughs> or maybe we'll find something. Maybe we'll find something out. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Adios. Bye.